0: Content warning No Gods, No Monsters contains profanity, substance use, and a strong hatred for the police. This is the story of how he grew a bit more intelligent and ceased to understand a great many things. <laughs> And uh, see, I went to Medford today for a baby shower, and I was like, I really want to ask Ira if on the way back we can hit up the Target, because that's the only Target near here, so I can check the Godzilla things. But I ask every time we go, and it's going to be a long day, like, (laughs) uh, I don't know. And then Ira was like, hey, do you mind if we swing by the Target on the way home? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, I guess so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I got my first ever Godzilla figure. Nice. From Final Wars too, which I fucking love Final Wars. So it was just perfect. Like, I saw it and I was like, that one's huge. They always have the Godzilla 95 one, but I don't really like it with, like, the orange on it. Um, mm. And I was like, I saw this one and it's huge. It's kind of shitty looking. Like, it's pretty shittily put together. But I was like, okay, if it's 20 bucks... I think I'll do it, but I don't even know what movie it's from. And then I go up and they scan it. It was 24 bucks, And I was like, mm-hmm. that's pretty close. And then I turned it over and it said Final Wars. And I was like, oh, I'm buying it. Fuck yeah, dude. Final Wars Godzilla. Oh. So I have one finally.
1: Nice. Yeah, we have that at my store. I've it a few times.
0: I got no fucking, uh, I got I got no intro for this one. Should we just go?
1: You were supposed to think on your feet. And you were bragging about how great your feet were.
0: Oh, that's what I was going to do. I was going to talk about how good my feet were. Um, dude, mm-hmm. I got good feet, man.
1: I believe uh, in high school we used to call you happy feet.
0: Yeah, but that was only because of my penguin obsession.
1: Yeah, that was weird.
0: No. People go through stuff.
1: Yeah, but you went through a lot of penguins.
0: I left a fucking trail of penguin bodies behind
1: me.
0: <laughs> you know, kids go through stuff.
1: I mean, you were you were 18. I don't know if you are a kid.
0: That's true. But those poor penguins weren't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti capitalist kaiju and giant monster podcast in a world where no one is coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. This is Charlie. And today we're talking about Godzilla Singular Point episodes three through five.
1: Woot woot. Uh, the three best episodes of the series.
0: Yeah, that's what they say.
1: Uh huh. Before we get started, I should probably point out it's, uh, July 3rd, 2021, and just a few days ago, a few days heartbreakingly before Independence Day, the greatest day of the year, one Donald Rumsfeld passed away. You know, people call him Donald Rumsfeld. I've always called him Donald Dumsfeld, and now that he's passed away, and I don't have to be afraid anymore, I'm just, I'm going to call him Donald Dumb's Asfeld. So, you know what, Donald? Fuck you. You are a war criminal piece of shit who lived a life hell-bent on murdering other people, and I don't know what the known unknowns are, but I know you're fucking dead, and I know I'm fucking happy about it, and... I know Rabbit was a fan of yours, so he might not be happy about it, but friends can disagree on things, and we disagree on your status in this life, and I think you were a bad person, and bad people sometimes deserve to die, and in this case, you did deserve to die, but you deserved to die a lot earlier. At least it came eventually. I usually don't hope for a heaven or hell, but you make me hope for a hell. You were a very bad person, and... You are a reflection on the absolute depths of uh, the depravity of aspects of America that you could rise to such a um, powerful position twice, multiple times in your life, multiple decades apart, where you had such a huge role in destroying lives in this planet. So fuck you. Once again, Donald, ass dumbass, dumbassfeld, you suck.
0: That's one of those things, like, I don't understand people who are like, oh, I can't be friends with people who have different politics than me. Like, you can want Donald Rumsfeld to be tortured so bad that you desire that there's an afterlife of misery and pain for eternity, simply so that Donald Rumsfeld can be in it, and I could think he's a chill guy, and we can go to Olive Garden. We can hang out. Yeah. We can talk about other stuff. We can talk about sports. We can make a
1: podcast together.
0: Yeah. About exactly. Biden. Like, you can fundamentally hate everything that I stand for, and I can fundamentally hate everything that you believe in, and we can break garlic bread. Like, yeah. is it that fucking hard, America? If I can even it call isn't. you that anymore? Is it that? If Independence Day is about anything. It should be about our non-independence from each other. Yeah, it should be about
1: coming together.
0: Exactly. Like, you might be barbecuing s'mores over the burning corpse of Donald Rumsfeld. I might be just microwaving them like a fucking freak. Mm. And that's- Once again,
1: it's Donald Dumb's ass I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I just, this is what we disagree- I don't know if we can be friends anymore, man. That kind of shit. I
1: don't have any other friends. I'm fine. I like him. I like him. I'm
0: sad. All right, should we dive into episode three?
1: Let's dive into episode three.
0: As tens of thousands of Rodan fly towards town, Goro calls upon Yoon and Haberu to use their gyro anti-Rodan radio wave cannon thing to drive the Rodans out of town. At the same time, Mei and Palo are trying to find out if Mei's apartment has been destroyed in the attack, and in the process, Palo takes control of one of Otaki Factory's new robots and drives it out of the factory. Yun, Haberu, and Skoro crash their vehicles and are pinned down with some others by a flock of Rodans. Yun uses science to craft a water bottle and an arrow so that it will replicate Rodan roars, driving the Rodans away long enough to get to their bike and drive away. Drive, 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 drive. While they're being pursued by straggler rodans, Palo arrives and uses the robot to fight off the closest one, saving Unit and Hibero. Just as... Oh, and then Palo's robot is just fucking mauled to death. Just as the rodans get close to catching up, they mysteriously begin falling from the sky and crashing into the ground, dead. A quote-unquote self-employed journalist named Takehiro gives Mei a gift from Professor lee a small cube with a flower or something in it, and tells May that she's been invited to be Lee's research assistant in Dubai. Yoon figures out that the AI he created, Naratake, in this case the one that May took and named Palo, is who controlled the robot and messages the computer it's part of. So he and May begin chatting about the gift, which Yoon identifies as one of Professor Lee's archetypes. He also gives May a string of figures and says, Break the code and find out. Out at sea, a submarine detects something huge coming its way. Fast, it's a giant red sea serpent surrounded in red dust. The end. Whew! These, uh, I think, these descriptions are going to start getting longer.
1: Yeah, that was uh, convoluted.
0: <laughs> it's convoluted. A lot of stuff happened. Yeah, uh, I know. I basically wrote that so I could remember what happened. Yeah,
1: I get that, and I appreciate it because now it helps me remember what happened. Totally. You won't get that so much from my synopsis.
0: That's cool. Okay, what would you uh, what do you think of this episode? From what you remember of this one, particularly? Yeah,
1: I mean the same thing. I've thought of all these episodes. I I enjoyed it around the the, the same level. I don't really have a distinction between like enjoying any of these more or less than other ones around it. Um,
0: it does feel like one long string just cut up, and yeah. they're all pretty great. Well, I guess were there any highlights? Anything that jumped out at you in this episode that you really liked?
1: Yeah, I really liked uh, the whole scene with the the archery, them being stuck um, pinned down in the, the two different—the um, uh, bus and—I uh, forgot where else they were pinned down.
0: Basically, like, the, the building across from the bus.
1: Yeah, and them having to, to figure out a way out of it and then figuring out the archery with the the bottle with the, the waves that would attract the, the rodent—the dance to it, um, the rodents— Which-
0: I'm sure scientifically makes no sense, but it's using scientific principles, so it was fun. Yeah, I liked
1: it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, the fact that Halo can just access any camera, very creepy. Lots of... Uh, <laughs> I think um, Arikawa would be getting some lawsuits if that uh, if this AI became more public because um, they could have some really disastrous effects there. It was also very weird how it could take control of the robot. And that whole part of the episode gave me a big, uh, Scatman Crothers vibe from The Shining. Hmm. The way it's, we're given, uh, this idea that this is going to be like a, there's some more weight behind this, and then the whole thing, it arrives at the scene just in time to distract the, uh, killer away from the, um the hero to give it an escape and then it's just murdered in the process yeah right it's just like Salmon crothers in the shining
0: i haven't seen that in so long okay
1: well it's like we see scaven crothers like hanging out in florida and then he gets uh worried about the lizard and he starts hearing signs from danny and uh, danny at the hotel and then he like there's this whole thing where it keeps he does all he can to fly to get to the hotel and he finally gets there and he just walks in and he distracts uh um what's his name's uh character the jack nicholson jack nicholson's character focuses on him and kills him and just gives danny like that like two extra seconds to escape, basically. Nice. <laughs> and just... Totally. There's this whole built-up thing where, like, it's just a huge thing, and he just, like, and dies immediately as soon as he soon as gets the action. It, it, it's immediately what I thought of with this robot, where it's just it just gets in the action just to distract the Rodan away from the main characters, so they get an escape. Yeah, um, And then it's killed.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, that was great. I thought that robot going along... Like, the animation of it was really cool. It was kind of the same as the kaiju where it looked a little 3d Mm -hmm. and the way it kind of swayed it's it's like legs back and forth as it went like palo was having fun with it and kind of like testing it out it just looked awesome like it was such fluid animation i loved that yeah i think my two favorite things about this uh episode is i think this is the first time we really see a flock of rodans and i love that it makes me feel like like, maybe that's what they would have done in the original Rodan if they had the money. But, like, I love that Rodan always started as, like, a species kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. There's at least two of them. So it's cool that they just went all out with that and, and sent way more Rodans, you know?
1: Yeah, and I gotta say,
0: these are the smallest Rodans I've ever done seen. <laughs> it's true. Was... Um, I also really liked the voiceover at the beginning of this episode. Um, he says, "Like this is a story. I think it's May. This is a story of how we got more intelligent and stopped understanding things.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, life was the same. Like wake up, go to work, sleep, die, be born, etc. But like everything else was kind of different. Is is the gist after that? Yeah. Um, but I just really liked the idea that you know, as it's kind of meta. We're right. we're learning a little about science and we're also understanding." less as this yeah as it's going, I guess. Yeah. So we're all the characters. Yeah,
1: that uh that concept uh really jives with my with my whole thing in life. Oh, your whole your whole
0: thing, your whole deal?
1: My whole deal in in, in life in general. That's just that's very very, very me. Charlie esque. Very Charlie esque, yeah. totally. I dig it.
0: I don't know if we should talk about the science stuff now or just wait till we're done with these three to try to figure I... out if there's anything we need to
1: I guess let's just wait till we're done with the three. I don't. I, yeah. I don't really see what the Remember point is to go one one episode. Yeah.
0: Well, I would. In my mind, the point would be that if we understand what happens here, it'll be easier to understand next. But if we didn't take good enough notes to know what all the science is for yeah. all of those, we should just do it all. Yeah. At
1: once. And I don't understand what happens here, or next.
0: <laughs> well, that's the whole point. If we talked about it, we might. Okay. I no, I'm not going to
1: understand. So no. <laughs>
0: That, with that attitude, you might. You just might. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Do you want to tell us what happened in episode four? Oh, I didn't say the name of episode one, did I? Episode one. Or episode three, Jesus Christ. This is episode two of the No Gods, No Monsters uh, breakdown or discussion of singular point. Episodes three through five. And I was talking about episode 3 Tigerish. Yeah. Uh, what about episode four? It's like Gadabout or something? Yep. These don't seem like Japanese words. I'm confused by them.
1: Um, I think it's a different name in Japan.
0: Well, they don't seem like English words either, you know? The next one does, but...
1: What's the next one? Theorist. Gadabout's a word, isn't
0: it? I don't know. I guess ti- I guess tigerish is a word, too, technically. Tiger-like.
1: Gadabout is a
0: person who flits about in social activity.
1: So, yes, it is a word. In English. Episode 4. Gadabout. A boat is sailing through the red-as-fuck ocean when some mammoth-sized snake starts encircling it. Ominous. Scary. Metal. May and Palo fly to Dubai to attend some fancy-ass Shiva conference they were invited to. During the trip, they are trying to crack the code of the archetype, and Palo is super-fucking-annoying. At the conference, we find that the archetype theoretically shouldn't exist and that and they show the future or something through the light that they refract. maybe. I don't really in- understand any of this archetype plotline, and if you do, well, I guess you're just smarter than me. Good job and congratulations, you nerdass. There's also some giant underground bunker pit that Shiva is opening it up and going in, and a barragon climbs out of it. Meanwhile, Arikawa and Kato while standing over a mass Dan grave, notice that one of the bodies is gone, and they decide to track it. They discover that the Dan had not come back to life, as they had initially suspected, but some other giant creature has come and dragged it away, and feasted on the Dan's remains like it was a big old turkey dinner, arguably the most overrated American dinner. At this point, they are joined on their hunt by that suspicious journalist Takahiro, we eventually discover that the mysterious new monster is none other than Godzilla's closest and oldest friend, Anguirus. Come on, y'all, it's time to raid again. It's Singular Point Episode 4 Josh Gadabout, baby.
0: God, you're so much better at synopses than me. <laughs> I, th- I kind of forgot we're supposed to entertain people.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of forget we're supposed to inform people. <laughs>
0: Alright, what do you uh what do you think of this episode? Any highlights?
1: Uh highlight is, I think it's pretty obvious. Um Angorous. He's a favorite, um, pre-singular point, and I think he's gonna continue being a favorite uh post singular point. He's cool as hell looking. He, uh we only see a glimpse of him in this episode. We get a lot more in the next episode. But yeah, we, we see him for a second and he looks fucking awesome. Once again, smaller than the Ang- Angurus are used to, but he's a he's a cool looking cool looking kaiju boy. Um,
0: yeah, I thought Angurus was awesome in this episode. Monda is op- awesome in this episode. Um,
1: oh yeah, Manda also. I forgot. Or is that? I guess we see more about Monda in the next episode. You
0: you described the serpent at the beginning of this one, so that's what made me think he was yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I. I don't know, this episode was great, like, they all are, Um, but I don't know why the detail, like, there's just, one of the things I love about anime a lot of times is there's a lot of details going on, and what I really yeah. liked uh, when Yoon and Habaru are talking, like, they're at the Rodan, uh, the place where, like, the thousands of Rodan bodies are being sent, and they're talking about these, like, deep Concepts about evolution and stuff, but they're like holding their noses because everything smells <laughs> so bad. I just thought that was such a great uh-huh. little point. Like, I this this show is so like it does talk about complex scientific concepts, but it also has a sense of humor about it and is yeah. making fun of those things too, and is self aware that like the things they're saying aren't real, but they can make it sound real by saying a lot of words. And like, I don't know, it just was a perfect illustration of that. I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah. One of the things I almost brought up in our last episode, but then it was like, oh, wait, I need a... It doesn't appear yet. Where I talked about how the Dan's reminded me of the Gaios, 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 and Gamera. Yeah. Um. Because, well, first of all, they're both supposed to be Pterodons, but also uh, the, the, the Gaios is supposed to be more like a bat-like Pterodon. But in oh, yeah. in the third... Um, movie in the, in the 90s trilogy, the 90s Gamera trilogy, there's like thousands of Gaios that you see just like flocking and that just super reminds me of the uh, the Rodans in this where you just see like a, the sky full of them and their dead bodies all over it is uh, very reminiscent of me to that too. The greatest kaiju movie ever made
0: nice i haven't seen that one i've only seen the first and second um of that trilogy but that's cool i this just uh in the in episode three the rodans really when they're like in the bus and stuff they really reminded me of jurassic park like the raptors yeah
1: definitely there was one scene where like and i hope i'm not remembering this wrong like you see like the, the doors open up slightly and like in the center in the crack, like you see like it's eye or something like that. And that super reminded me of Jurassic park. I don't even know if there is something like that in Jurassic park. I haven't seen Jurassic park in forever, but that's just like the complete vibe I got. It was, uh, uh, just reminded me so much of Jurassic park in that, that part.
0: Nice. Yeah. I, it's funny that we both got that same vibe. There must be something to it. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, uh do you remember when Yoon and Habaru are looking at the prints, they mentioned that Angerus's prints, like the front prints are, they say pent uh plantigrade, and the back prints are digigra or digitigrade, something like that. Yeah. I didn't notice this at first, but I saw online someone saying that this was actually a callback to the fact that about the way Angerus originally would have had to plant his feet because he was a guy in a costume. That his front <laughs> feet would be hands that are flat, and then the back feet, because they're bent with the knees, would be up on their toes, which is digitigrade. to <laughs> um, And that this was all just a joke about how it's a dude in a suit.
1: That's, that's funny.
0: I thought that was great. Um, that is pretty great. It also plays into the whole thing of, like, they're using science... in ways that sound sophisticated but they're making jokes about how unsophisticated this genre is, that it was just dudes crawling on their hands and knees to be this classic character, you know
1: Yeah, totally, that's very funny I obviously did not pick up on that but that's a good observation
0: Okay, so I feel like we should go into the science of the thing you brought up a little so we don't get ahead of ourselves because you brought up some science specifically in your synopsis Is that that the archetype? Yeah.
1: Yeah, sure yeah, I don't get the archetype. It's a bunch of gobbledygook to me.
0: I feel like from the way you talked about it, you get it as far as I do, but just to make sure. So I think what they're saying is what they're trying to say, but it doesn't make sense, is that the archetype can reflect or refract. I don't know exactly the difference. Uh, Light. And then it traps the light. And like, obviously, I don't know how it would trap light, neither do you, neither do the writers, but we can just, we know what it would mean to trap light, right? It's just in there. Um, Uh And then they say that it, what is it? It increases the uh, energy of the light over time, and that breaks the laws of physics. uh, So how is it doing that? And then May says, oh, well, If it's not just refracting through space, but refracting through time, it's like going through time. And so it's in the present and it's in the future at the same time or in the past. I don't know. And so it's both of those things at once, which increases the brightness somehow. Um, And I think that's all they're trying to say. Uh, I don't think it's like, like, it doesn't make sense to me because if it's refracting through the future or the past, how is it increasing the brightness in the present? But personally, I don't feel like there's more to it. I think that's just what they're saying.
1: Sounds good.
0: (laughs) Sweet. Cool.
1: Um, Uh, I'm, uh, I'm reading Fiasco right now by, um, by Stanislaw Lem. Oh, nice. And it's hard sci-fi with a lot of, like, uh, technical scientific talk that my, uh, eyes just glaze over like tons and tons of it talking about like theoretical space travel through to like other galaxies and it just like goes hardcore into it like over and over and over and my brain just turns off every single time um and that reminds me a lot of all the science stuff in this where my brain just turns off and uh yeah like the stuff he's saying in that book like Man, that sounds like he knows what he's talking about, and this probably is stuff that people have theorized about, but I have no fucking idea. Maybe he's just completely pulling out of his ass. I, sure. I don't know what the fuck. Uh, God damn it. Just give me <laughs> the more... Uh... The more fun philosophy and adventure type stuff. Like, <laughs> totally. That's funny. I want to hear about the, the aliens and why we can't communicate with them. I don't want to hear about this fucking technical jargon bullshit. Shut totally. up. Totally.
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. It's funny that we're bringing up uh Stanislaw Lem now because we've already recorded like a month ago an episode where we talk about Stanislaw Lem and... <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, that guy, blah, blah, blah. And that's now going to come out after this, so it's going to be, yeah. (laughs) you're in on the joke, uh, listener. Um, Cool. Well, should we talk about the final episode in our chunk, episode five, Theorist?
1: Let's do
0: it, baby. A helicopter searches for the fishing boat we've seen in two previous episodes, which has now been capsized. A giant serpent tail comes out of the water, and we see that there's at least one more of them underwater. Uh, not tail, but them. The whole thing. The whole thing. Uh, this creature is later named Manda, or Manda. A Shiva worker named Baylor B.B. B. Barn takes advantage of the fact that Professor Lee's in Dubai, and descends into the basement of a Shiva facility, with an employee named Tilda- Wait, you covered some of this about Baragon and yours, but that doesn't happen till this episode, does it?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think I fucked that up. Or no, I think they they opened it up in my episode, but I don't think we saw Barragón yet. I think I uh, messed cool. it up. I think like they they start opening it up, but we didn't see didn't do anything.
0: Okay, well either way, in this chunk yeah. of episodes, it opens up and we see him. Um with an employee named Tilda Mira at the controls opening the giant floor for him and uh, uh while him and other workers descend through while B.B. quotes Dante's Inferno, a giant monster that looks like Baragon, probably Baragon, appears, mm-hmm. surrounded by red dust, and begins climbing up. B.B. And, and the others run to the top as Tilda closes the floor to contain the monster. May and Yun keep texting about archetypes. Yun doesn't agree that light can refract through time, so he and May bet on it, agreeing that the loser will buy the winner sushi and a helicopter ride over Tokyo. I bet that's going to come back up somehow. Man, I want some sushi. Yoon I think they're going to
1: die. Yoon
0: uh Yoon, Haderu and Takehiro continue to trail the giant spiky creature which deflects a bullet shot by a hunter trying to take it down. Mei and Professor Lee discuss the archetypes and Lee confirms that she already came to the same conclusions as Mei and calls the light refracting through time phenomenon Ashihara's Cascade. Sato continues to talk to an employee at Shiva and they wonder whether the archetypes are connected to the bones in the Mitsukioku basement. I didn't write it down, I just put M-basement. That Shiva employee talks to Michael Steven about a soon-to-be-complete plant in India. As flocks of Rodan descend on cities all over the West Pacific, crews of people gather in the mountains to hunt down the spiky creature and Giris, Yoon, Haberu, and Goro join them, and Goro runs into an old friend or rival, Gen, who prepares an exploding whaling harpoon for the hunt. Anguirus appears, bigger than before, and is about to attack again when Goro, operating Jet Jaguar, confronts Anguirus instead. The end. I only noticed one easter egg in this one. And that was when they said that, uh, the name Anguirus was, like, maybe like a child trying to say Ankylosaurus. Yeah. Which is funny because that's, I don't know. They're like making fun of the fact that Anguirus sounds nothing like Ankylosaurus, but in raids again, they're like an Ankylosaurus or Anguirus for no reason. Yeah. I uh,
1: I was going to bring that one up too.
0: Um, Ooh. Let me, let me let you do it. I did all the other ones.
1: It's okay.
0: Damn it. Yeah. It's, a, it's good. Yeah. Um, Did you have any highlights in this episode particularly?
1: Well, I thought, uh, Manda looked cool. Um, I guess we'll, you we would go into that later when we talk about this kaiju specifically, but yeah, Manda was a definite highlight. Um, seeing more of Anguirus was a highlight. I gotta say one thing that the Otaki um, company is uh, really fucking up on is letting these monsters take out their enemies. In that, the first episode, we see that kid making fun of Jet Jaguar and then, uh, they save it from the Rodan, and they could have just let the Rodan take the kid out, um, who's obviously their enemy. And in this one, uh, uh, Jen or Gen, um, Goro steps in front of a jet jaguar to save his ass, and once again, let Anguish take him out. Take let them, let the monsters take your enemy out. You're you're completely divorced from responsibility, so you're not going to be blamed, and uh, you have one less enemy in the world. <laughs> That's a good
0: point. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way.
1: Well, you need to be thinking about these things.
0: Okay, well, let's start then talking about the characters in these three episodes. Um, let's start with characters that are, like, new to this chunk of episodes, or, like, new we, we haven't talked about yet. And then we can, we can check back in with our old favorites. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, so first we have Takehiro Kai, uh, the blonde... Guy who calls himself a self-employed journalist. Um, I don't trust I think, him. You don't trust him? No. No, neither do I. That's why I said quote-unquote self-employed journalist. Why don't you trust him?
1: He's not trustworthy.
0: Yeah, same reason for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he he says he's a journalist, but he also like was working for Professor Lee, right? Because he's the one who handed the yeah. article to May.
1: Yeah, our introduction to him was him handing the archetype to May, and we're just like, A, who the fuck is this, and how the fuck do they know who May is? B, what the fuck is this cube they're handing to, the, to her, and why are they handing it to her? And then the next time we see him, he's just like, I'm a self-employed journalist, and we're just supposed to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, not happening. I'm not sorry. Happening. I wasn't raised on... um the ship of trust. I was raised on the streets of not trust.
0: Same. So yeah. Um, he, he also like, he's somehow tracking Angurus as well as our heroes, which just seems kind of fishy. Mm-hmm. Like, how'd you know? I mean, how'd our heroes know, but how'd, how'd you know? And yeah, he, he asks, um, do you think more giant creatures will appear? Um, specifically ones with no wings that can walk on land. Yeah. (laughs) And then Angurus comes, and it's like, how the fuck do you know that shit? Like, and what a weird... Like, that question Um, was for us. It wasn't for them.
1: (laughs) Another thing that happened, um, with this character was, uh, they're watching the video of Angurus deflecting the bullet. Okay, so before they watch the video, Arikawa is like, I think that Angurus deflected the bullet, and, um... Uh Takahiro is like, there was no way he could do that. It was, the shot was way too close. It was, there's no way it had time to even figure out, even if it knew the shot was coming, how, how to deflect it. It couldn't even send it, that information to his nerves fast enough. Um, and then they watched the video and Arikawa, is that,
0: is that what it is?
1: Is it Arikawa?
0: I mean, I call him Yoon. You always call him his last name.
1: Oh, Yoon. Yeah, Yoon Arikawa. And then they watch a video and they're like, Oh wow, it looks like he did deflect it and Yoon's like, What if it sees what if Angra sees the future? And that's how he knew that the bull was coming and uh Takehiro is just like, Oh wow, what an interesting theory. I, I he's like, I see merit to that and it's just like you were just like so incredulous to the, to the idea that it could even deflect a bullet, and now automatically you're like, oh yeah, maybe it can see the future. It's, uh,
0: Interesting. I didn't pick up on that.
1: Sorry, writers of the show, that doesn't stack up to me. That he could, he could bounce from one to the other like so easily.
0: Good point. That's totally a good point.
1: But yeah, I don't, I don't trust him.
0: I don't trust him. What do you think of Professor Lee, the researcher who studies cryptochemistry or whatever? Well, A, I
1: didn't like her because one of the main purposes of her is just putting all this scientific gobbledygook in my ears that I don't understand and just makes my eyes glaze over. So, already she has that kind of against her. And then um, May, like, introduces herself and she's like, yeah, I know this shit. Uh, She stands up in the conference and I mean, this is a couple episodes ago, episode three or I guess we're covering all those episodes anyways. So, yeah, May stands up in the conference and she's like, oh, what if it's seeing time in the future or whatever the fucking archetype? And then afterwards they meet together and she's like, you'll write a paper for me and have it uh, have it to me tomorrow. OK. And she just fucking expects that of her. She's not even. She's not employed by you. She's not a student of yours. What fucking right do you have to demand for her to come to you within twenty four hours of this fucking paper? Go fuck yourself. You're a shithead. I, Charlie, what
0: she is employed by her. Wait, she is. Yeah, that uh, in when Takahiro comes with the archetype. He says, Professor Lee, the professor you look up to, is offering you a position to be her research assistant. All expenses paid in Dubai. We'll fly you there. You'll have your own hotel room. And that's when she arrives. And that's her first assignment.
1: All right. Well, we can agree to disagree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The rest still stands, though. That's too too quick. Don't be a jerk. This is my first day in Dubai. I'm fucking jet lagged. I shouldn't have to write all that. Yeah.
1: And you want a paper put together in the next day when you don't even know I have this uh, really annoying AI.
0: (laughs) That I have to fucking deal with. Like, you don't understand how slow (laughs) this is going to (laughs) be. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to her, but she's mysterious. I feel like we'll learn more about her soon.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And I don't trust the Shiva Corporation that she's a part of. Or Shiva Consortium.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay, I really want to know your thoughts. Uh, like, what you really thought about Baylor BB Barn.
1: Uh, it seems pretty cool. Um, <laughs> seems like a cool dude. Uh, I mean, as a big fan of um, Dante's Inferno and the ideas behind it, I'm a fan of uh, Baylor B.B. B.
0: Barn. Yeah, there's not much to him. Um, I think he he uh, we just know he works for Shiva and that he has a penchant for danger. Uh, he wants to go down there when they don't even know what's down there. And then he's smart and runs up because he's like, oh, shit, they're not going to care about me. They just don't want this thing to get out. But that's all we really know so yeah. far, I think.
1: It's a fucking Barragon.
0: Similar with uh, Tilda Mira, she's just the employee controlling the floor. All we really know is that she has black eyes and doesn't is just cold. Doesn't give a fuck about those men dying.
1: Yeah, she she don't seem no good.
0: No, nobody at Shiva really does. No. So that brings him. us to Ashihara, who was in the first episode on the micro fish. fish? Um, fish, fish, um,
1: but yeah. I growing up, I always thought it was Macrofish, and it's like that's a weird name for some library shit.
0: I don't think I'd ever heard that term before.
1: Really, you never, you never looked at Macrofish when you were younger.
0: I know. I thought they made it up for this shit. I didn't. Really Are you remember. serious? I I was too old. I don't know what you're talking uh, about.
1: The, when you were a kid, they would have had it at the library, um, but like. Probably before any time you would have actually used it, though. Yeah, like I remember my—I remember like my older brother having to use it, um, but I think by the time I would have had to use it, it was already gone.
0: I mean, also, so was like, are for nerds, so it doesn't really matter what yeah. age I was.
1: Yeah, that's right. You're cool. You were, you were what we all could call, um, a jock. Yeah,
0: yeah totally. So Ashihara is kind of this mystery man who seems to be connected to everything in the story. Um what do we know about him so far? He's handsome. Yeah.
1: He started this uh the the Mita Kyoko Bureau Administration building. Um and Which he put turned a into
0: Shiva, right? We think.
1: Is it did it?
0: I know they, they say that um oh no no, he was the founder also of Archetype Inc., which now which they think oh, okay, turned yeah. into Shiva, yeah. So like every every organization we've heard of besides Otaki Factory so far.
1: Yeah. Um but even then well no. I was gonna say Otaki f- has like connections to the Mizikucku yeah. or organization, whatever it's called. Misakioku, um, yeah. Yeah, that we're unclear about, but that would have been way after Asihara's time. So I guess that's not a relationship to Asihara himself. For sure. Um, but yeah, we don't really know much specifically about him, except for that he's just this uh, mysterious character with all these connections to things going on. Um,
0: like we keep getting little hints that he's part of everything, like the Ashihara cascade is what they call the time thing. Um, when Baragon appears, Tilda says, so it's just as Ashihara prophesies yeah. then. Um, so that, yeah, it's just weird that, like, obviously he's going to have an important role and it's going to have something to do with this. Like he's prophesizing; it's about the cascade has to do with time. So all these things are about like seeing the future of the time and he's going to have some weird shit about that. Like, I almost feel like he might come back.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. Um,
0: I also feel like,
1: You know, he probably has something to do with the uh, Godzilla bones in the uh, basement of his building.
0: (laughs) Totally. Okay, going back to returning characters, I think one of my favorite moments with May was the thing you kind of uh, started out mentioning when Professor Lee tells her to uh, render this paper by tomorrow. I just love how May goes, it's due tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah. like, I don't know, just in a, like, very much someone who's used to being in school and not used to having a job. Like, the idea yeah. of it's due tomorrow, I just thought that was, <laughs> I don't know, she's, like, so smart, but you see then she's still, like, kind of naive. And, yeah. Uh, that was great.
1: It's, I mean, it was complete bullshit.
0: <laughs> it was complete bullshit. Also, I looked at the subtitles there, and it just said, like, bye tomorrow? Like, it totally took the joke out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else with May Jump out at you, I'm just gonna go through quick at the characters and see if they grew in any way or change in a way we want to talk about.
1: I wish you'd delete that, uh, AI on her phone.
0: Palo for life, dude. Palo did nothing wrong.
1: Uh, he, they annoyed me. That's something wrong.
0: That's true. Also, you know, like, mass surveillance and going into other... Yeah.
1: ...stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what about Yun?
1: He's. Still pretty awesome. Um, he's very impressive. The way he's like hunting down this angerist, but at the same time, he's also texting a yeah. uh, May about this like complex like thing that shouldn't exist and like totally. the f- physics and idea behind his existence. <laughs> and yeah, it's, he's a uh, very talented, very talented guy.
0: He's also just like. I don't know, he doesn't take himself too seriously and he's so chill like when uh Habaru's like uh do you think that robot like came alive to save us? And Yun's like, I don't know, but that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like yeah. not a scientific answer at all. It's so great.
1: He is a lot like me, you're right.
0: Totally. Um Habaru, anything with him?
1: pretty strong
0: he's strong dude Uh, i did not feel like he grew that much in this one he was kind of just like the driver
1: yeah i mean we still haven't yeah they still haven't developed him much he's still just kind of like a sidekick to Yoon, but yeah you know like a a steady respectable sidekick but not that not anything that the writers have been that interested in as of yet
0: for sure um i feel like Kind of the same with Satomi. Nothing really happens. She's just. We now know she's no, the he, one who stays behind.
1: Yeah, even last we like we've barely seen her at all. Still.
0: What about Goro? Any any new fun developments with Goro?
1: Um, I mean, like I said, I wish he would have let the angerous kill his rival. That would have been funny. Yeah. Um,
0: I couldn't tell if they were like actual real rivals or if it was like their friends who like fuck with each other.
1: It felt more like rivals to me, but the you—I mean—you could be right on the other hand. But personally, I'm I'm, I'm going with rivals.
0: I mean, I just like—I think that all the other people in the Olive Garden might think that you and I are rivals when we're fighting over Donald Rumsfeld. But like, we get over that shit, you know.
1: That's true. They'll see us, then they'll look and they'll see we're both wearing Biden 2024 shirts,
0: <laughs> and they'll know our connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, my favorite moment with Goro is when, uh, Jet Jaguar is just sitting still as Angerus is attacking and has deflected a bullet into a hunter, and Habaru is like, oh, maybe he's, like, Goro must be coming up with a secret plan to save us all, <laughs> and he cuts to Goro he's just asleep in the mech.
1: Yeah, respect.
0: Yeah, it's fucking solid, Totally like, respect. The... I make a dollar, boss, or boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I sleep in my own mech, even though I'm the boss.
1: <laughs> on, on mayor's time.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, I am the boss, and I make a dime while the mayor makes. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> um, I don't feel like we saw, uh. Sanetsu Somo Yamamoto much. I don't have any updates on him. No, you? I
1: don't. Yeah, we haven't seen him for a little bit, have we? I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. Um, Sato is definitely being spy-like now. I think.
1: Yeah, he's the one that choked that guy, right?
0: Yeah, totally. What's up with that? I don't know exactly, and like, yeah, he's given info to Shiva. We don't know exactly why. That's leading to more, leading to more weird conversations. It's, he's doing something, man. This yeah. this show is so like lighthearted and colorful. I didn't even think about the fact like, whoa, a dude just choked a guy in a fucking car because it doesn't feel like gritty, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah, but that is intense. All right, should we talk about some kaiju while we're all here?
1: Oh, you're skipping payload.
0: Pelo well I figured you already covered it when you talked shit on Pelo when I was brought up May.
1: When I slammed down some hard truths. Okay, let's talk about some kaiju. Jet Jaguar. Um,
0: what do you think of Jet Jaguar's new legs?
1: Uh, I I dig 'em. Uh, it's uh it's uh, fun it's fun. It's I mean we're all here to have fun and that's some fun.
0: It's just fun, yeah. Yeah, just some a lot of positive
1: fun. vibes on those legs.
0: I kind of hope they just keep updating him and he gets gnarlier and gnarlier. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, did they add the that gyro
0: would... radar thing to him? I don't remember. What? The the gun thing that used to be on the motorcycle that to take down Rodan. Did they add that to him or no?
1: I don't know. I don't remember that being the case, but...
0: I might have made it I... up in my brain.
1: I, you might have made it up on the screen and... That became reality to everyone. As I often do. And so you might be correct in that case.
0: Totally. Okay, so this, now we get flocks of Rodan, and they look way different than the original Rodan, which I didn't notice my first watch through, but... I didn't either. Did you notice the second time, or not at all?
1: I noticed them talking about the differences, but I didn't notice as much when I was looking at them, but I wasn't really looking for it either. Totally. Um, I know that was like a discussion point of the episode.
0: So So. the new ones don't have a bunch of the features. The original does, um, instead of the big head thing going back, they have a lot of them have two. I think a lot of them are different from each other too, but they have like these two things on their head. They're smaller. Obviously they're darker in color. Um, they don't have teeth all over the top of their mouth anymore. It's only around on the edges of the beak. And yeah, that's the main thing I noticed. Uh, it's just it's interesting, and I guess that's because they're metamorphosizing or whatever they just look so cool in flocks like i just there's such a gnarlier threat now, you know
1: yeah i i I like it a lot it's um uh very reminiscent of um the birds good movie
0: the movie the birds the movie the yeah. birds <laughs> yeah I haven't seen that in forever movie.
1: it's awesome it's
0: it's, it's holds up. It's clearly a ripoff of nineteen uh, fifty six's Rodan.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Totally, I think Hitchcock saw that and he said, "Damn, I gotta, I gotta make an very American version of this."
0: It is weird to me that Hitchcock was after Godzilla.
1: Right? Yeah, that it just seems so wrong. <laughs> it does
0: seem very wrong.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was he was way before Godzilla, but yeah, he was also after Godzilla. Yeah. Totally, yeah. It's a weird thing at Hitchcock, like his last film was in like the early '70s, and it's like you don't, Whoa. you identify him with like the '40s and '50s for the most part. Yeah, um,
0: all of it's after King Kong, too. What a trip! Um, I th-
1: he had some stuff. Uh, I think he had some stuff in the '20s.
0: No but Hitchcock, I think so. Damn, fucking fifty years of filmmaking. What a what a g. Okay, let's get on to some kaiju we haven't gone into yet. Anguirus! Dude. What do you think of this Anguirus, This new version of Angiris?
1: He looks so awesome. Um, he does not look at all friendly like he used to back in the day when you could say he was Godzilla's greatest friend.
0: I think he looks friendly.
1: Oh, I take it back. You're right. I'm wrong. Way to prove me wrong, buddy. Yeah, overall he's, he's just a very very menacing angorus. Um and I love how uh his spines get all rainbowy when it's yeah. uh, detecting a shot towards him. Um yeah, he's a he's, uh, this is this is one of the this might be the greatest, greatest looking angorus we've ever done seen. And I say that having not seen all the angoruses. So <laughs>
0: Trust me.
1: So you can trust me on that one. That's how great this Angerus looks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's cool as fuck. It's very different. Just like the Rodan. It's a huge departure, but I love it. I love that this show reimagines the kaiju drastically. And it's not like in a safe, let's make sure it just looks very close to Ingress' still way. It's just like, what's the concept? It's a four-legged creature who's who has spikes that are like menacing okay let's just up that to 11 you know and it's fucking mm-hmm. sick um and i like its color too it's because it's cool weird interesting like yellow gold i like yeah that. um i love the huge heavy spiked tail yeah i he's just cool
1: i was hoping we get to see him like uh roll around um
0: yeah uh what do you think of manda
1: Manda was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um so for listeners, all I think we're up to three thousand right now. Um all three thousand listeners. The last episode we recorded that we have not released it yet was on Atragon, the movie where amanda appears originally. Yeah. And in that movie, Manda is a Big goofy motherfucker who uh, is kind of just a bunch of bullshit that gets <laughs> rocked easily by Atragon, and uh, it's kind of a bit of a nothing. <laughs> yeah, and not menacing at all. Very silly, and now uh, in this, he's very kind of uh, yeah. He, he's he looks scary, very menacing, um, badass, beauteous he's awesome he's cool he's cool I, 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 awesome that's my yeah.
0: they that's don't give I him much say. of a character or anything yet i mean a lot of these yeah they definitely in this i will one thing i'll say about the kaiju in this is they they feel like animals not characters whereas in yeah most of them they feel like characters you know um
1: i mean well that also helps because um both the the Dan's and the Amanda, like we see multiple of them. Yes, so it's like we, it's we're made to feel like it's an actual like species as That's opposed true. to just some some unique singular monster.
0: Which like just going on that, like there's a trend I, I've noticed that like if I look at a new piece of media from a franchise or series I like as this is what it is now. I'm often disappointed and I want to go back to the original, but if I think of this is just one option and we have this option here and this option here, it's so cool. And so like this, like, it's like, it's an anime, it's a side thing. And uh-huh. we've already had 36 Godzilla movies, like do whatever you want. Go nuts. Be weird. I love, like, yeah. I wouldn't want Godzilla to just be an animal most of the time or, or, or any of these characters to be animals, but it works great for this. And I love that you can reimagine it and shape it that way. And it's just so cool, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, that especially goes for a, a, a character like Manda, who's, like, barely been in any, anything else. Like, his mm-hmm. biggest role was in Atragon, which nobody's familiar with um, in the first place. And even in that, it's, like, barely in it at all. So it's like, yeah, go fucking wild with it. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, Yeah, I mean, they just wanted something that was in the water, pretty much.
1: Yeah, you know. yeah.
0: Totally. Although they could have done a beera That would have been cool. That would have been awesome, yeah. Um, Ever. so Ever's yeah, uh, awesome. I I love I love Manda. I love that he's like purple, blue, and red, and has these like cool little fin things coming off that look like little flags. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. They said Manda means mammoth-sized snake. I don't know if that's where the name came from originally or not, but that's what they say. Yeah. All right. What do you think of Baragon? Who they haven't named Baragon yet, but is obviously Baragon.
1: Uh, we only saw it in a couple shots, and one of those shots I thought was um, one of the worst looking parts of the show I've seen so far. Um, it's just like a close-up of it climbing, and uh, it just did not look good to me. It looked pretty bad. Um, fully
0: agree. The, this is my least favorite design, and that was the part where it looked like, oh, this is CGI. Yeah, it, just looked, it looked cheap or something compared to all the rest that looks so great.
1: Uh-huh. I'm, uh huh. I'm interested in seeing uh, more of it to see if maybe I'll change my mind the the more I see of it in a different aspect. But yeah, so far I'm not I'm not thrilled with with it.
0: It's also just like the only thing really different about it is that it's like purple, green, and blue other than that i mean it has the funny little ears it has like it's just not like a radical redesign and it's weird mm-hmm. that i like expect that now because the rest is yeah. They kind of set us up for that um yeah it just feels like like a trippy bear baragon, baragon that has funny hip movements it doesn't look like it should be able to climb that yeah. pole it just doesn't work
1: and and like another thing like i was saying with uh manda is like People aren't really familiar with Manda. Like obviously you have the the super nerds, um, but for the most part, people don't know what the fuck Manda is, so like go crazy with it. And like same with Baragon, people don't know yeah. what the fuck Baragon is, so go crazy with it. Like Yeah. Only like the biggest Godzilla
0: nerds are gonna be like, Oh, you messed with Baragon's design? Yeah, like totally. And they're all in the library anyway. Yeah. I mean, I did like... I like that they're sticking to aspect Like, I like that he's underground. Or she, I don't mm. know. Or they are underground. Um, just like in Frankenstein. I always consider
1: Baragon she. Yeah,
0: I don't know what it is.
1: I Yeah, I don't know for sure. But that might be because it was played by a female actress in GMK.
0: Yeah, exactly. But uh, I liked I liked that. Um, but we don't really know much, and maybe Baragon will end up having cool powers later. Like, we, we see that uh, they control the red dust. People say so. Maybe they're gonna have some crazy powers that make us be like Barragon's the fucking one. You know, we'll have to see.
1: Uh, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, we're really only given a few shots of it at the most. So, yeah, we 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 stand to be surprised. But generally speaking, when you introduce something with just a few shots, you want to impress with those shots, and they yes. they did not do
0: that. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Okay, what about Godzilla? We've gotten a few maybe peaks. There's been the mural where they said there's Gojira, right? And uh-huh. then there's been the bones that we're assuming are Godzilla, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then I feel like in the beginning of episode three or one of these episodes, or there's like fins that are like a, a spiky back that comes out of the water, but it's not Manda. And it may be Yeah, that was, that was at the
1: end. That was at the end of one of the episodes. Yeah. Might have been episode, no, not episode one, maybe episode three. But yeah, I was just like, holy shit, is that Godzilla? And then, yeah. and then like the next time we see a boat being terrorized by a creature it was Manda. So I was just like, did I remember that? Did I just completely yeah. see that incorrectly? I could have sworn that was not like a serpent that was following that boat. Um, For sure. So, yeah, I was, I thought, and I think they might have also played the Godzilla theme when they showed that too. Maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm wrong about that. But yeah, because I thought that that was Godzilla. I think I even wrote in my notes like, holy shit, is that Godzilla? Totally. And then, yeah.
0: We'll find out, I guess.
1: I I hope so. Maybe there's, maybe this is all the Godzilla we get. Maybe it's just those bones in the basement and they never come back to it. (laughs)
0: Okay, let's talk about this red dust, bro.
1: Yeah, I snorted it.
0: What How? did it do to you?
1: It made me a little wild. A little <laughs> weird.
0: Nice. Um, obviously, this red dust has to do... Something to do with all the creatures. The water's red. With Rodan, there was the cloud of red. With Manda, it just was in the water. With Baragon, it said it controls the dust. I can't really think of... Was there anything sp- explicit with... Uh... Palo. Angius with the red dust,
1: yeah. not that I recall.
0: I don't remember either, but I bet there was. It's just so consistent, yeah, so so, what do we know about the red dust so far, Charlie, besides that it gets you weird
1: <laughs> um i it has the archetypes are made up of the same material,
0: yeah, that's what it seems like, um, yeah. And they say it's composed of multi-structured molecules and possesses active and inactive states, um, which I don't know what that means. But also, if you were in this universe, you'd be able to help, like, bring the science forward. Because they say they're, they've are they yet to observe any impact of the red dust on humans, and you already yeah, just went ahead and guinea-pigged yourself.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm a man of science. You know this. That's true. I'll do anything to progress uh, man's understanding of dust-like things. <laughs>
0: um, Speaking of science, do you know what MD5 is? They brought it up, and I don't know what's happening. Yun and no. uh, May are talking about it.
1: What, what are those? What do they say?
0: I don't remember exactly. It was like, oh, we cracked the code. Okay, cool. Yeah, so MD5. And I'm like, what? And I like went back. And they are like, we think the MD5 is it. And I couldn't find where they first brought it up. They just talked about it like we should know what it is. And I'm like, I don't fucking know.
1: Did you ask Siri?
0: No. Uh, Palo scared me away from Siri for life. <laughs> couldn't do it.
1: I that you're Palo's biggest fan.
0: Okay, so you don't know what MD5 is.
1: I have no idea, no. Okay,
0: cool. Well, let's talk about themes and philosophies and shit. So there's a lot more about predicting the future and time travel stuff. Now than there was before. One of the things, one of my favorite things talking about that was there's a voiceover at the beginning of episode three. It's like uh, all flower related things like a broken flower vase reassembles, wilted flowers bloom again, flower petals drift upstream. So that's like obviously like time reversing, right? A broken vase reassembling, uh, wilted flowers blooming. And then later a soldier says that one of the Rodans that was dead came back to life and attacked him which I feel like kind of tied into that, like a flower that's dead blooming, a Rodan that's dead coming back to life. I don't know what that's oh. going to mean that things can come back, but it seems to be connected to this time going in opposite directions thing, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, I wonder if... I mean, now that you bring it up, that it, now that you're putting those pieces together, yeah, that makes sense to me that that's uh, tied together. I, I, I wonder if it gonna shows be something get
0: super time-travelly. That would be
1: cool. That'd be very neat, uh, aspects.
0: Another thing is Yoon's food prediction comes true, right? Or at least he said it comes true. Yes.
1: Uh which is um a miracle.
0: <laughs> true. Happens rarely. Unless Yoon's just really good at that shit. Um Yeah, maybe it
1: happens all the time with Yoon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I mean there's a lot of things, we don't have to go through all of them, but one of the ones that's weird to me is They're talking about uh, Angerus predicting the future, right? To block the bullet. But it just doesn't make sense. He's just shaking all of his spikes. Yeah. Also,
1: like, if you're. I don't understand, like, you're just predicting the future in that instance because later, when you're like. I forgot what happened at the end of that episode. Uh The
0: fight. Did it fight Jet Jaguar? Um, no, it just... It, it got shot by the harpoon, and then Jet Jaguar was about to fight him at the beginning of the next one, it seems like.
1: Okay. But then it, it like, dodged the harpoon, right?
0: I don't think it did. Uh,
1: okay, well, if it knew the future, maybe it should have.
0: Yeah, it probably should have, right?
1: Yeah, that, then that's my point. And that's also, the point I was getting why to. Why
0: would we think it predicted the future? It just shook. It saw a gun I know, it like, shook.
1: why is... I mean, I guess the reason why they're coming to that is because he's talking about the archetype with uh, May, and he's thinking it has to do with the build yeah. of these creatures. So that's why sure. he's assuming these creatures have this uh, ability. But
0: it's a dumb yeah, assumption. Yeah, if you watch
1: that, what?
0: It's a dumb assumption.
1: I know, especially you're just watching a video. And you're like, oh yeah, this confirms my my yeah. beliefs. Like does it
0: <laughs> totally
1: and then like i said like the way uh takihara um is just like so easy to believe that yeah even though they were like so like there's no way it could have deflected the bullet <laughs> but then totally. they're like oh yeah maybe it does know the future um yeah for sure th- that's th- that stuff's kind of weird <laughs> it just doesn't really hold up for me
0: totally There's a lot of time stuff, but one other one, like backwards and forwards thing that I thought was interesting was, so the song played at the beginning, The Signal, is called Alapu Upala, I think. And then they're saying it's from somewhere in Asia, but they don't know where, maybe the Showa period. And then Michael Stevens, which is the funniest American name ever, (sighs) and the other, this girl from Shiva that Sada has been giving information to, they're talking about a plant that they're waiting to open up that's going to open soon in, in Upala, India. Alapu is Upala huh. backwards. Alapu Upala. So this song has something to do with forwards and backwards and reversing things, you know.
1: Did you pick that up yourself? Yes. Wow. That's uh that's why we call you the the man. So I thought that was cool. Cuz you picked stuff. Se-
0: um okay another theme they go into a lot of topic is evolution and metamorphosis they talk about how they're different the rodans are doing it
1: yeah they're doing it hard
0: they're doing it hard and gyrus is doing it learning about the guns after the first one you know
1: Yeah, it's a fucking fast learner that's that's impressive i think uh humans may not be the dominant species for much longer <laughs> unless we get some of that red dust going. Cause saying from my personal experience, <laughs> yeah. I think that will help us all evolve <laughs> totally. a lot quicker.
0: I think so too. Um, uh, One of the quotes I really liked about this was uh, everyone's confusing evolution with progress. I really like that. Um, Cause I like that. What the fuck is progress freaks? You know,
1: uh, Biden, 2024.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, moving on to imaginary life forms again. I mean, it touches on this stuff again. We wrote it up last episode, but, uh, like the fact that Lee is studying molecules that no one's imagined kind of ties into this. Um, I just like how May keeps, they keep having May list new weird things she's working on, like, uh, insects born from their own children. <laughs> what i don't <laughs> or, remember that or insects that eat feces and discharge nutrients
1: i think i missed both these lines
0: um how many eyes would a life form need to live in the fourth dimension and can two-dimensional beings fly um that's all one <laughs> chunk of monologue of her talking about so i think it's to talk a hero about the her studies but i'm not sure but I just love all the creative things the writers are coming up with about, like, what what are beings that we couldn't even imagine, you know?
1: Yeah, that's very neat.
0: Or I guess we could imagine, because they're imaginary. Yeah, I can imagine it. Yeah, totally. If you have some red dust, we can all imagine them. We'll probably all imagine the same ones. One theme that I didn't think of to write down until you brought it up at the beginning of this episode was... um just, like, surveillance and shit, like, with Palo, Like, they're obviously making a comment about how easy it is to have our privacy invaded.
1: Yeah. By our goddamn fucking phones, we can just look up, we can hack into fucking cameras that are all over the goddamn place, and who in the first place has access to those cameras, but then it would be so easy to hack into those cameras and look in them with our payload AI and, uh, Uh, spy on uh, me stop spying on me people please that's all I want you can spy on anybody else as much as you want just leave me alone
0: totally good thing Biden will never do that
1: hey he's an upstanding gentleman with a good dog
0: um (laughs) well I feel like a couple political topics are mentioned quickly in the episode uh so I just thought I'd throw them out um
1: Oh, you, the... I thought you were going to go more. I thought you were going to go more into the surveillance stuff.
0: Oh, no, you got more?
1: No, I thought you were going to say some more, but um oh. I mean, I think I covered it.
0: Yeah, I think you covered it great, dude. What do what am I going to say like? Looking, yeah. Do you know they're watching this, bro. You know what the eye on the triangle and the dollar bill is, man? Like
1: I'm going to put my tape down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let the uh, record show that Charlie just covered his camera with his duct tape.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good call, bro. Yeah, well, other political stuff besides, like, surveillance is uh, Michael Steven of uh, Shiva mentions that they're, like, open sourcing all the mic- uh, arch- archetype info um, because global conflict comes from competition over development of new resources, um, leading to imbalances of wealth and power. So they're, like, pointing out that we live in this fucked up, hierarchical, uh, unbalanced society and that open source stuff is good. But I don't trust this motherfucker that that's why she was doing it. You know?
1: No, I don't trust this guy at all. I don't know uh, why
0: she was doing it, but it's not to to help stop go- global conflicts, probably.
1: No. Definitely not. The the uh, Bad. I'm not saying all corporations are bad. But I don't know of a good one. Yeah, totally. Do you? No. Yeah, Yeah, she was bad. Yeah. And this guy, he just, he looks bad. And they're trying to make him look bad. So he's full of shit.
0: Totally. That's what I say. Michael Steven, dude. Come on. (laughs) So we haven't really gotten much info about the possible source of all these fucking kaiju coming out of nowhere but one line yeah. uh said that uh migration of large populations due to climate change has occurred multiple times in human history which is kind of like in rodan they're saying that the the uh, climate change might have affected like the temperatures and made it right for him to come out so i thought that was interesting i wonder if that's gonna come back you know yeah cool well uh let's get to the most political part of our show the dumb cop award. <laughs> Where we really dive deep into the you know, like organizing theory.
1: When people say, "I like you no know, gods, no monsters," because of their deep dives into dumb cops, that's what they say.
0: <laughs> I've heard him say it, man. I've heard him say it. That's, in fact, that's what the signal was that they were all investigating. It was just people trying uh-huh. to get out there. How much they love the dumb cop award. <laughs> uh, do you have a dumb cop this time? No. For me, it was the, uh, I think, I think this happens. <laughs> uh, the security guard who's with BB when BB's like, D- forget your stuff, get to the top. That old hag will never like, like, well, like if I was that old hag, I'd close the doors to make sure it didn't get out. And I wouldn't care about us. And one of them's like, she wouldn't do that. And then I think he dies. That's a dumb <laughs> cop. never trust. A yeah,
1: brother. that's a dumb cop. That's I'm glad you, uh, chose the one that I texted you should be the dumb cop.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, so obviously that's my dumb cop too.
0: (laughs) Sweet. Cool. Uh, do you have any concluding thoughts about, uh, what we've seen so far?
1: Uh, no, I mean, um, I mean, mostly what I've said, I've just, I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, it's not at all what I would expect from a Godzilla anime. And it's, it doesn't really feel at all like a Godzilla anime, to be honest. Um, but I mean that in the best way possible. And that's just, this is just something so unique. Um, and it's it's really fun kind of divergence from what we've been watching. And I really appreciate it. And I hope it it's, uh, keeps it up. Obviously, um, I'm assuming Godzilla is eventually going to appear. And maybe it will feel more like Godzilla. Uh, but... Even so, I still think the whole style of this, where it's just something so different, is gonna hold up. Um, and totally. I'm, I'm glad I enjoyed. It. I'm loving it.
0: Hell yeah! Do you have anything that you like are hoping for to happen in this season? Because we've actually only seen up to this point, so
1: I think it'd be really cool if we saw like um, maybe like a first date between Godzilla and Mothra. <laughs> I think that would be. I think that that's something all the fans want to see and we could get like an understanding of why Mothra would uh, go for someone like Godzilla.
0: Hell yeah. That's, that's perfect. Well, what about you? I don't have anything. I just want to end it on that. That was great.
1: <laughs>
0: <Okay. laughs> is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, thanks for listening y'all and uh, check us out. We're online. No God's at gmail.com at, no pod, god's pod on twitter and uh we'll see you next time to talk about episodes 6, 7 and 8. Have a good day. Kaiju family.
1: Bye.